welcome to the world of assassination. This is an episode of Eidolon Playtest where we're cutting out the Eidolon and we're focusing all in on the playtest. I got a brand new soup, fresh uh, boiling. We're going to playtest it, see if it needs a little paprika. I'm Crystal and with me we have Iris. Hi. We have Maxie. Hi. We have Luke. I mean, what soup couldn't use a little paprika? <laughs> we have Ty. Hello. <laughs> We're going to be playing a game that I wrote called The World of Assassination. If you ever played the Hitman games by IO Interactive, this is basically me trying to adapt that into a one-shot tabletop role-playing game. I have not played the games, but I have watched Giant Bomb play them. Yeah, you, yeah, you got the necessary context then, I think. We're not going to go through all the little rules of this game, but just the just the basic overview. This is a game with you play three to six people. There's exactly one assassin. There are one to four targets and there is one handler, which is basically the GM role that I'm going to be doing. Um, but three of you have made targets that are bad people and the world will be better if they're dead. I think maybe all four of us made targets because we misunderstood the directions you gave us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Three of you will be playing targets that you made, and one of you will be playing an assassin. Maxie, do you want to tell me a little bit about your target? Sure thing. Uh, my target's name is Francis James Dawson. He is a biologist and conservationist. Uh, he's done a lot of nature documentaries. Pretty well liked by the public. Um, the scientific community is not as keen on him. There's a lot of rumors going around that he's a plagiarist, that he doesn't properly credit uh, co-writers or co-researchers, that he's complicit in corporate greenwashing. Uh, and currently, he's working on a project to create, quote-unquote, the world's most environmentally friendly pesticide. Uh, but maybe it's not that great. Maybe he's, you know, falsifying his results a little bit to save face. Now, in this game, each of the targets has uh, certain flaws and certain features. The flaws help them be assassinated, and the features help them resist assassination. Do you want to walk me through your flaws and features? Sure thing. Let me uh, pull up the notes I have, because some of this is not on the spreadsheet. Uh, so, flaws, I took disgruntled employee. Uh, her name is Rebecca Suvari. She is his latest research assistant, which mostly means that she handles all the drudge work and actual boring parts of the research while he just soaks up the limelight and, you know, meets with uh, executives and Hollywood types. Um, she's the first one who really has any guts to stand up to him, though, and it's created this sort of mutually tense situation where... If she's worried she can't kick up too much of a fuss or he'll sabotage her career, but he is worried that he can't sabotage her career because it would leave him high and dry. He can't afford to let her go right now. Uh, and it's a situation that could very easily go bad for both of them. Um, and I also gave him an important appointment with the investigative journalist Arthur Ferguson, who has been interviewing Dawson's colleagues, collecting evidence of his malfeasance. It might or might not actually be enough to get him quote-unquote cancelled or have his credentials revoked, but Dawson is worried enough about it that he wants to settle the matter immediately. Uh, for features, I took Make a Deal, um, which allows me, it gives me a couple things. One, it makes it so that I can attempt to cut a deal with the assassin. If I can give them a good enough reason to leave me alive, then they can take that option. Uh, it also makes me harder to assassinate in general. Uh, and then I also took Deathless, 
which grants me one additional hit point. Uh, there's not many hit points in this game. It takes me from two to three. Basically means that something that would normally be immediately fatal, I might be able to survive. Uh, for the justification for that, I basically took that as much as he is a scientific char charlatan, he has still very much been doing uh, all these documentaries around the world and getting into various scrapes. Uh, he was recording a documentary on subarctic wildlife and got a bad case of hypothermia that he recovered from. He's one of the few people to have ever survived a black mamba bite without anti-venom on hand. He may or may not have gotten lost in the Amazon. It's unclear whether that's just a tall tale he likes to tell. Uh, and also, because he's kind of an asshole, he's gotten in a lot of bar fights. All right. Luke, why don't you tell me about your target? Yeah, my target is Alabaster Huai, uh, W-H-Y-E. He is the host of a children's science program called Dr. Y, basically sort of a, a Bill Nye kind of thing. The thing about it, though, is that the show is has high production values. Uh, it is largely bankrolled by Al's father, who is sort of a, a rich, uh, you know, venture capitalist. Um, but the, sh the content of the show itself is pretty substandard. It contains a lot of factual inaccuracies. It's not well-researched. Um, it is a, a... When it comes to educating children, it is not good. Um, Dr. Y has uh, picked up sort of a reputation, though, of uh, sort of getting harassment campaigns going against anybody that uh, publicly criticizes his show. He's basically become an enemy of the legitimate scientific community because uh, he is so bought into the hype and uh, the persona he plays on TV that he has uh, convinced himself that he's the only one who is actually a scientific genius. And if anyone is uh, criticizing him, they're, you know, frauds and charlatans, they're jealous. Um, it has even gone so far as uh, he has used some of his uh, family's money to uh, suppress or defund research that would stand to, uh, you know, contradict things that he has said on his TV show. And uh, his father has occasionally manipulated that uh, impulse in him specifically to target research being done by pharmaceutical and engineering firms that uh, compete with uh, businesses that he owns. Um, he has two flaws. The first one is Despicable Me, which just means he's a real asshole piece of shit. Nobody likes him and nobody will, uh, like him very much or, you know, come to his aid if he's in trouble beyond what they are, like, like, forced to do. And, uh, he also has I Have a Condition, uh, which in this case means that he is deathly allergic to shellfish. Uh, he has two features to go along with those. He has well-trained guards. He has... Despite being a children's TV host, he has an incredibly self-inflated sense of importance and uh, surrounds himself with just the absolute best security detail money can buy. Uh, he also has micromanager, which means that he is uh, extremely familiar with everybody he works with, um, mostly to harass them when they don't do things exactly the way he wants them done. But that means that, uh, for instance, if an assassin were to disguise themselves... As one of his employees, he would have an easier time noticing that. Cool. Ty, you described your guy as a Jared Leto Firefest NFT Island type. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel bad. I, I, I'm, this is me writing up my homework uh, on on air. That's fine. <laughs> I've decided I've gone to the character name generator, and this person is Earl Shipman. 
Isn't that a good actor name? I don't yeah, feel about sure. that. I like that name. <laughs> Earl Shipman. Uh, so basically, Earl Shipman is this uh, actor that has like gone all in on method acting, and their take on method acting is being a jerk at all times to everyone, and they just kind of write it off as, I'm just in the character. I'm just in the character. Um, you're making Jared Leto. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, you start a small cult off the island. <laughs> <laughs> where fans can come for a fan experience. I heard Earl Shipman sent people like blood-filled condoms on the set of Suicide Squad. <laughs> Actually, yeah, if we're gonna come to his guilty... Wait, where, where did I have my flaws? Uh... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to get ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as a method actor, you know, he's a little bit of puckish. He's like a little pranks here and there. Although sometimes the pranks do go a little too far. Um, let me see, where are my features? There, I got it. Um, first off, as a method actor, they completely subsume themselves in their roles. Their f feature is disguise. They can disguise themselves as someone on the map. Uh, and, you know, they handle the acting part, the messy part of, like, jumping off buildings and, like, hanging from planes. Not Tom Cruise over here. Uh, we got a body double for that. So there's a stuntman always around just to, like, you know, uh, take hits for me and maybe, like, you know, drink some stuff for me or eat my food before I eat it. <laughs> um, so his flaws are guilty conscience. Uh, three shitty things he's done while pursuing his method acting. Um, I'm going to say the first one would be... Uh, Sending vials of blood and other fluids to his co-workers, which may have created a haz biohazard situation on the set, uh -huh. which, because it was, like, off in international waters, may have created a biohazard situation for the entire boat. Um, <laughs> and he kind of feels bad that, you know, he cost the studio a lot of money, and maybe some people got sick. Anyway, who cares? Uh, second one would be uh, to get permits to shoot overseas. Uh, he, he took maybe a small military contract, and while he, he you know, we, he went there, he got to a, he went to a small family shop and ordered some ice cream. Uh, found out like a week later, the democratically elected. Uh, <laughs> uh, regime there had been replaced uh, by a, a stooge and it can't help but wonder if maybe part of the military contract was uh, that uh, and he just gets real upset when he sees ice cream because you can't get that ice cream anymore um, since uh, <laughs> <laughs> that family kind of went out of business and they don't really export it anymore it's just really <laughs> bummer uh, and I think the third one um, what's a good third one uh, his yeah, let's just do it. He did a, a fire fest kind of situation, <laughs> which uh, caused a huge biohazard to the island because um, when they came back and said, hey, we don't really have plumbing or electricity here. It's like, just put it in the ocean. Just put a big tube to the ocean. Uh, so that did not go well for the coral reefs and whatnot. Uh <laughs> I feel like no one whose job title is actor should be causing this many biohazard <laughs> scenarios. He's method. Unless their name is Mila Jovovich. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah! yeah, he's... he's uh, uh, those are the reasons he's bad. His whole, whole biohazard, as well as causing trouble everywhere he goes. And um, second one for side guilty conscience about those things. Oh, yeah, I guess the second... The third guilty conscience would be the beach, because, like... After that uh, Firefest incident, that beach was ruined. 
uh, can't go and hang out there anymore because it is teeming with a biohazard problem. Uh, and lastly, shoddy construction. He often cuts corners. He's one of those actors that because he was a massive actor for a blue collar thing where he was a construction worker, he was like, well, I basically understand construction now, which has led to um, some uh, some cutting corners on all of his uh, his ventures, be they uh, real estate ventures, I should say. Uh, so a lot of cutting corners, a lot of like, can we get, do we have to get engineers? Do we have to get construction workers? Can we just like hire people maybe with not any training and, you know, less overhead? Uh, yeah. Cause you really want the authentic experience. You don't want to know the fat cats that, you know, went to school for this. Yeah, of course. What's the point of OSHA anyway? Yeah. Anyway, that's Earl Shipman, real piece of shit. <laughs> just to pull back the curtain a bit on Guilty Conscience, basically, if the assassin can rem- can create three incidents that remind you of each of these three things, you will be so overwhelmed by your guilt that they can just approach you and you'll let them kill you. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> um, and Iris, tell me about your assassin. Uh, yeah, so my assassin's name is Nikolai Loring. Nikolai, uh, he works for Trident, a professional league of assassins with offices scattered throughout the European Union. Uh, They frequently take jobs that official government agencies would prefer not to be implicated in. Nikolai himself, born in the Netherlands, he originally hoped to become a professional footballer. Uh, Unfortunately, as skilled as he was, he proved a bit too eager to injure players he thought were playing dirty, and he was eventually kicked out of the Dutch amateur football clubs. Rather than let this discourage him, though, he decided to channel his violence towards something he figured would be more productive. Freelance ass-kicking. For a price, and proof that the target was, in fact, a total dick, you could contact him through whatever social media channels he was advertising his services, and he would beat the shit out of a person of your choice. He was extremely good at this, but also a bit sloppy because he doesn't know anything about how professional assassination works or how to stay undercover. But thankfully for him, uh, he was scouted by Trident before the Dutch authorities managed to nab him themselves. So some of the questions that uh, get asked of the assassin is, how do you feel about killing people? As far as Nikolai is concerned, some people just have it coming. Now, most assholes someone might meet in their everyday life just need to take a little nap on the pavement, but the, stu- but the scumbags he gets sent after require a more permanent solution. So long as the target is the only one to meet their end, he figures he's doing a lot more good for the world than he would have just kicking a ball around a field. Plus, no one gets upset anymore when he headbutts people. Um, what is his relationship to the targets? Outside of, like, knowing of Earl Shipman and thinking his movies are total garbage, Nikolai doesn't really have any personal connection to them. Like, he got their dossiers, uh, Trident explained why there are hits out on him, and he was like, yeah, they seem like they deserve it. What does he stand to gain from this? The, the same thing he gains from any other assassination mission gone right, the satisfaction of making the world a better place, and if he's lucky, the beautiful sound of a skull cracking open against a well-crafted mahogany desk. Yes, you've you've chosen the class, the professional, which is sort of analogous to Agent 47. Yes, yeah. My character is basically, what if Agent 47 started out as a football hooligan instead of a weird clone experiment or whatever, whatever the fuck was going on with Agent 47's backstory? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, so the assassin gets a set of perks to help them. Well, actually, I, I should mention each class gets specific bonuses to what they can do. With the assassin, you have a code of ethics, which means uh, you get plus two to all knockout rolls, but I can never choose to kill a non-target. Like, it could happen on accident as a consequence of, of my own stupid actions, uh, but I can't deliberately kill someone. Yes. That is not my target. There's also professional detachment. I get a plus one to all my deceive rolls because Agent 47 and other assassins like him are good at, you know, just acting like they know where they belong. I also get a plus one to all sneak rolls because I have a low profile. Finally, I have a set of perks and I can choose a number of perks equal to the number of features of all my targets. So... Each target that I'm trying to kill has two two features, so I get six perks. Um, the first few perks I took uh, were based on his background as a uh, amateur uh, football player. Uh, the first one is lock on targeting. I gain a plus two to throw attacks because he is very good at making an object go where he wants it to go. Uh, the second one is improvisation. I take a plus one to any roll when using an object for something it was not designed to be used for. He's gotten very good at, at using soccer balls to kill people, but he can also use pretty much anything else. Because sometimes you just need to when you're on the job. You don't. You can't rely on guns. He's also uh, very uh, nimble, so I took parkour. So I take plus one to any sneaker disengage roll when I perform an exceptional act of agility. Um, he's also quite lucky, considering the fact that he hasn't been like caught by authorities yet despite not being the smartest guy around with lucky i get when a character rolls seven plus on a combat roll against you they must roll again and take the lower result finally the last two i picked sort of as like what is his assassin trading with trident gave him fifth perk i got was save scum one time during the game you may reveal that the result of your roll was actually just a possibility you imagined and the game returns to just before you made the roll you may choose to attempt the roll again or choose a completely different course of action i love that yeah it rules (laughs) actually um so that's just that's just like his assassin training uh of his hand of his handlers and other trainers being like look I know sometimes you just want to punch a guy in the face, but also, what if you've thought about other possibilities <laughs> before actually doing anything? Uh, and finally, Trident, obviously, because they are a professional organization, um, they give him various equipment that he can use on mission. For this one, he is taking a concealed weapon, which is the last perk. You've bought a you've brought a special gun that can pass undetected through any pat down or metal detector. The trade-off is that it requires special ammo that you won't be able to get on the map, and you have exactly as many bullets as you have targets. Don't miss. Uh, he does prefer to get up close and personal with his targets, but, you know, if you can take a gun, you take a gun. <laughs> yeah, I think this will be interesting because the professional is mostly geared towards traditional Hitman-style stealth, but he also took some good uh, combat perks. Yeah, because my thought is, uh, you know, normally... I wouldn't get into combat because I can just save scum as many times as I want. And so that that way, my stupid mistakes just never exist. Uh, but in a tabletop game, can't really do that. Uh, and when it's a two die six game where seven to nine, some of those common results are a mixed success. 
I'm pro I'm not gonna be doing this perfectly the whole time, and I'm probably gonna get into some fist fights along the way. Yes, yeah, so this is a 2d6 game, 7 to 9 mixed success, uh, 10 plus perfect success, 6 minus failure, same as Eidolon and other PBTAs. Uh, for the Assassin, for the most part, is going to be the only one that's really rolling die. The targets won't unless you get into combat or you use the disguise move like Earl Shipman can. Uh, but the Assassin is going to be the main driver of the action here, and the targets are going to be more like role-playing out uh, their, their scenarios. Um, let's talk a bit about the map of the game. This is set in the uh, Museum of American Progress, also known as the map. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Love it. It's a science and natural history museum in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, all three of the targets here have a certain position on the map. Uh, Dr. Y is, is filming an episode of a show here. This is where a studio usually is. Francis Dawson is researching the so-called uh, environmentally friendly pesticide here near the Arboretum. And uh, Earl Shipman has a like, kind of like a pioneer town, but it's an NFT city of the future. Oh, you gotta, you gotta purchase the Shipman ships. There, are, each of them is a different type of ship with their own customizable uh, token that. Uh... <laughs> represents not an owning a real ship but you have the idea of owning a ship basically yeah i'm imagining this is being like a little blocked off area on the outdoor grounds of the museum where it's a bunch of like in character actors like you might have in a pioneer town but they're they're all doing nft shit <laughs> oh no <laughs> god and there's a few things that each of you have to do uh, Alabaster Y, of course, you're filming an episode of your show, and there's a school field trip here today that is uh, apparently going to be the live audience, but you didn't know about that because you didn't read your emails. Yes. Uh, Francis James Dawson, you have to deliver a like lecture to this high school field trip in the uh, lecture auditorium and theater, but mm -hmm. you don't really know what you're talking about. You do have some notes, though. Hope no one sabotages those. Yep. <laughs> Listen, I'm 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 great at saying it good. <laughs> and Earl Shipman, the high school field trip is also going to be visiting your NFT city, and you'll be uh, showing them around and trying to convince them to invest in cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get in early. Got to get in while the market's hot. Look, if you get your NFT now, just think of just think about how much it'll be worth when you're like about to retire. I did originally imagine this being more like an elementary school field trip, but then I decided to change it to like a Spider-Man 2002 high school field trip where all the kids are clearly played by adults. <laughs> 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 Which is also appropriate for Hitman vibes, where it's yeah. <laughs> everyone feels like an actor. Yes. Um. All right. So Nikolai. Yes. You stand at the entrance of the Museum of American Progress, Columbus, Ohio's premier institute for scientific research and education, containing not only extensive private research facilities, but also public exhibits covering everything from Jurassic skeletons to medieval weaponry to models of the city of tomorrow. Unfortunately, this jewel of knowledge has three particular embarrassments to our clients in the scientific community. Fortunately for us, they're willing to pay a lot of money to see them dead. Uh, it's about 9 a.m. You're standing in front of the fountain at the outdoor entrance to the museum. Uh, you can see the lights of the NFT city uh, to the northwest behind the west wing of the museum. To the east, you see the entrance to the underground parking garage. 
And right in front of you are some high school students that are like bored and loitering in front of the fountain. And they're talking shit about their teacher, Mr. Osborne, who's apparently <laughs> uh, taking a long time to get out of the bathroom. <laughs> okay, I, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking during that narration, what is a good place to start? Um, so I think uh, I am currently, Nikolai is currently wearing just like a polo shirt and uh, cargo shorts, just the most unassuming tourist wear you can possibly have on you. Is he at just like the entrance to the museum or uh, is he like in the main hall? You're like just outside the entrance. There's a fountain right outdoors and the, there are metal detectors and the doors to the entrance right in front of you. Okay. Hmm. I don't think Nikolai would want to try because my main thought was like take the place of the teacher, but I don't think Nikolai in particular would want to do that. He doesn't want to be responsible for a bunch of bratty high schoolers. So I think what he's gonna do is he's gonna scout out the uh he's gonna scout out the parking garage because he knows that there's probably gonna be some sort of security there and he hates cops um you know cops always ruined his fun when when he was out uh you know celebrating uh the victory of his favorite football team uh so he has absolutely no compunctions about just uh knocking one unconscious to get a very convenient costume so he's gonna move toward the parking garage to see if he can find any security guards can I ask a quick question just to clarify? Is the uh, NFT shipyard out here or is it you have to get into the museum and go to like a courtyard area or something? The entrance you're supposed to take is inside the museum. Okay. But there's a fence around it and it wouldn't be impossible to sneak in the other way. Sure, sure. I just wanted to clear that up. Uh, Dr. Y, do you have like a Dr. Y mobile or a special car or something like that? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think no. I think I just have a fancy sports car. That is, like, double parked across two spaces. <laughs> Do uh, Earl or Francis have, like, conspicuous cars either that would be in the garage? I think Francis's car would probably be a pretty practical van. It would have the logo of, you know, his documentary company or whatever on the doors, probably. But it's mostly just a thing to hold a lot of supplies, because... He is going out into the fields fairly regularly. Uh, Mr. Shipman has been, you know, method acting. He's never leaving the role. He is driving the the clown car known by the famous character of the Jester. (laughs) (laughs) Green vehicle uh, (laughs) with a lot of like, uh, wow, epic, tragic written on it. (laughs) Does it have like big dangly bells on it? Yes. Yeah. Great. My God. Yeah, Nikolai, you can see like a bored security guard uh, playing Grand Blue Fantasy, not really (laughs) (laughs) looking at the parking garage in the security booth. And you can see all three of these cars uh, in the sea of many other cars. Okay. I want to get this guy out of his booth. Um, I think uh, he's going to go for the the Jester Mobile. So Nikolai is going to walk over to it. And he's going to try to deliberately trigger the car alarm. So the so ideally, the security guard there will take notice 
exit his booth uh, and investigate so Nikolai can take him out in a more controlled scenario. Sure, yeah. Give me a roll me 2d6 for distracting. So that is an eight total. Okay, yeah. Uh, that means I can choose any one character nearby to investigate it. I don't think there's really anybody else here nearby. So yeah, I'll give you the security guard. Looks up from his phone and tries checking out this car alarm. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, sneak up behind him and choke him out. Yeah, give me a knockout roll. All right. And you do take plus two to that one. Oh, six. So that is a ten total then. As you knock him out, you hear the sting of uh, a Danny Elfman fucking (laughs) (laughs) coming from the car. Yeah, I think you you perfectly subdue him. You haven't been seen or heard. Do you want to stuff his body somewhere? Yeah. um, First, I'm going to, like, disguise myself as him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, are any of the trunks of these cars, like, unlocked? Uh, Ty, tell me what the security of the Jester Mobile is like. Yeah, does does he does he bother like locking his trunk? Uh, I think no. I think all of it is like very open. <laughs> he just ran out of there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I'm gonna just store this guard in in the back of the Jester Mobile. Is there any cool items in the back of the Jester Mobile? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> t- three cream pies that are like. Uh, kind of old like have been there too long to be uh two three prop pies that are going bad Mm. and i'd say maybe a whoopee cushion you can take these if you want nikolai okay um is this like hitman rules where even if it doesn't make sense that i would be able to store a a pie somewhere in my jacket that i can still store it somewhere in my yeah anything (laughs) you can hold in your hand you can basically have infinite of Okay, sick. Yeah, I'll take I'll take both of those because I, I can I can definitely think of some ideas for a whoopee cushion. Just sliding a whipped cream pie under your jacket. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Writing in my notes that Nikolai has three times cream pie <laughs> and one times whoopee cushion. All right, I should also probably keep track of this. Okay, Nikolai, you are disguised as a security guard. Okay. Um, is there anything if if I go into the booth? Uh, and check the security feeds. Like, is it just showing the garage, or can I access other security feeds? I think uh, Dr. Y, when he upgraded the security here to be way more than it needs to be, made sure every booth had cameras everywhere. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, probably because Dr. Y does love to have security and to make sure people are keeping track of him at all times. It probably makes sense if uh, he had a camera like in his dressing room and stuff, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. It, what's what's the state of that dressing room, Dr. Y? Dr. Y is uh, just sort of sitting in uh, the dressing room. He's get, like in a chair getting made up, uh, which is proving difficult for the, uh, the makeup artist uh, because he's also yelling at uh, an assistant is in here. What are you, why didn't anyone tell me we had a bunch of fucking kids coming by today? Um, sir, it was it was in your emails that I left you a note. You this- know how I feel about kids. Why would you approve this? Uh, well, sir, it, it's simply the point of the museum is to educate the children and uh... we can educate them away from me. Can, can, can we send them home? Can we send them home? Is that an option? Well, sir, you could close the studio, but, I mean, if it's open, they're allowed to be there. You're fired. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and then he turns to the Mega Rose. You! What's taking so long? Okay, I'm almost done. Uh, uh, there you go. I think you look great. Great. Finally. He, like, rips that little bib off that uh, they've got <laughs> and is uh, just kind of jumping out of his chair to head out. <laughs> okay. Um, the next thing, the last thing I want to check here, because I don't want to spend too much time uh, just viewing camera footage. Um, are there any security cameras, like, pointed at the set? Uh, yeah, I think there's definitely some pointed at the set. I think there is just, um, sort of techs and stagehands kind of getting everything prepped out there right now. This set of Dr. Y, the idea is that it is very, like, sort of James Bonzi. It is the as though he is Q showing off cool science stuff to you. Okay. So it's just sort of like a counter of, like, a lot of gadgets, but they'll teach you science facts instead of, you know, murdering people. Does he possibly have any large, elaborate, mad scientist-esque props, perhaps suspended in a, uh... Suspended in a precarious fashion. Yeah, I think there is probably like a uh, a fake spy plane kind of hung by some wires up above. I think there are probably some of those like some like Tesla coils as uh, stage decoration, which should absolutely be fake because they can just add the electricity in post. But he wanted real ones. God damn it. Okay, interesting. Um, I'm gonna exit this booth now. Did the guard have keys on him? Yeah, I think the guard has, uh, probably a level one security access key card. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this booth and, uh, move up from the garage and, and take, uh, presumably the elevator up to the uh, ground floor of the museum. Yeah, from the ground floor, as you exit the elevator, you can see an enormous T-Rex skeleton with a sign saying, check out our new Jurassic exhibit. And there's an arrow pointing to the east. Directly under that skeleton is the reception desk, and there's just a secretary plucking away at the computer. Uh, you can see an intern running out crying from the building, calling her mom, <laughs> saying she just got fired. And then you can see the high school students entering with Mr. Osborne saying, Now students, our first uh, lineup is going to be, we're going to see a live episode of Dr. Y. Don't you remember loving Dr. Y when you were little? Yeah, he w- he was the best. <laughs> I don't know what age of, I don't know what age I'm going for the, with this character. <laughs> These are high school seniors played by adults. <laughs> I love that program growing up. <laughs> I'm 17. It was a very formative experience for me. Uh, to the west, you can see a lot of different exhibition halls and also the front entrance to the NFT city. You can see a gift shop to the northeast selling like foam Viking axes and astronaut toothpaste, stuff like that. And next to that, you can see the cafe, the lecture theater, and the auditorium. Okay. Um, I think I'm first going to head toward um, the stage for uh, the... What what the hell was your name? The name of your show again? Doctor Y. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna head to the the set for for Doctor Y first. Okay, yeah, I think uh, yeah, Al has uh, come out and is sort of in the middle of the set, and uh, everyone is just sort of making last minute uh, preparations. I think there is sort of a um, projector screen pulled down behind him as somebody hands him uh, 
a couple of small flashlights for the first uh, segment that they're shooting here. And uh, the kids are like shuffling in to sit on some bleachers they have near the back. And he is just sort of growling to himself as he's glaring at them, probably making them kind of uncomfortable. Now, keep in mind that because uh, Dr. Y has micromanager, he does know what all his guards look like. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and you're you're far enough away that I probably haven't like explicitly looked at you yet. But if I do, I'll I'll know. You know, you will be compromised if he sees you. Yeah. So I need to find a way to distract him. Okay, I've got an idea. All right. So a kid would probably trust a security card guard, or at the very least, probably not assume that the security guard is is lying to them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to some of the more rambunctious teens I can find uh, and I'm going to uh, say hello youths <laughs> would you like to be part of this taping of Dr. Y uh I don't know sure well I have a, a I have a job for you that I think will be quite fun uh, and he takes out uh, he takes out the pies <laughs> and says since this is a very rare live recording, Dr. Y has decided to uh, try and make this a, a, a little more fun and interactive. During a... I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying to think of what I want the trigger to be for these kids to throw these pies oh, sure. <laughs> at Dr. Y. Okay, I think what... I, I think the trigger will be that when Dr. Y, like goes to the goes to the front of the stage like uh just under the um the prop plane uh-huh that's when the kid should throw the pie at him because that that's that'll be the best angle for the cameras uh to catch it and, and really re- really get the the pie shot perfectly yeah okay okay <laughs> okay man yeah this sounds fun good great and careful you only get one shot so make sure to aim well if i may make a suggestion if you also put some shellfish in the pies that would just kill him Hmm, that is true but where to get shellfish well the cafe is not too far from the uh, filming studio that's true yeah um i'm gonna yeah that's a good idea uh i'm gonna go ahead and uh go ahead and head over to the cafe um, is there anything I should know about this before I make my next move? Um, I think with your eagle vision, you can tell that Francis Dawson is heading over to the cafe for his important appointments. Okay. What was that again? <laughs> I'm talking to an investigative journalist and potential whistleblower. Okay, I see. Hmm. Yeah, he's not he's not there quite yet, but you know from your handler that he does not know what this investigative journalist looks like, only a few descriptions of like the clothes that he's wearing, and you can see a man wearing those clothes like off huddled in the corner of the cafe. Okay. In that case, I'm going to head over to that guy and I'm going to say, "Sir, I'm going to need you to come with me for a moment." Uh, what seems to be the problem? Oh, well, um there's some important uh there's important things going on today and well, uh we've just been trying to make sure that everything here is uh going to go all right and we've been uh receiving some tips that 
there may be some dangerous persons about, and I'm not accusing you of anything specific, um, but some of the details we've we've gotten, you know, do match your description. So I'm just gonna need to do a quick search, so that way we can make sure that everything's all right. Uh, should this be something that Iris rolls deceive for? Yeah, I think it, it is a little suspicious for like a museum security guard to want to pull you away and pat you down. So yeah, give me a deceive roll, Iris. Okay, <laughs> that's a six. But it gets, uh, is that before your plus one from... Oh, right, yeah, I get plus one on all the sieve rolls, so that's actually a seven. So they're supposed to question you, and you have to give them a convincing reason to let you be here, or to let you do what you want them to do. L- listen, I- I'm I'm a journalist. I-, I promise you, you can you can look me up on uh, the reporter, the Portland reporter. I-, I I actually have a very important interview lined up, and I I don't want to risk being away uh, when the subject gets here i you know it, it's not that wouldn't be very professional of me um if if you want to keep an eye on us uh, i guess i would be fine with that hmm trying to think of how to respond here um so the reason i would need to give is why i want to take him away <laughs> Damn, I, i'm really i'm really struggling to think of anything <laughs> I mean, you could just agree to stand there with them and then look for an opportunity. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think that's what I'm gonna go with. Is that I'm gonna agree to the compromise. Uh, it's like okay, yes, that that will be sufficient. All right, th- thank you so much for understanding. Uh, and I guess he just goes back to sitting down. He's occasionally glancing over at the guard because like this is throwing him off his game a little bit. But you know, it's it shouldn't be anything that they can't handle. Okay. Um, I think while before um Francis James Dawson arrives, I think uh, Nikolai is going to go over to like the cafe and order a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> oh, buddy, we got so much fucking shrimp. <laughs> we got a whole platter of shrimp in the green room, and the guy didn't even want it, so now we have to use it up. Oh, well, I'll take some shrimp off your hands. Please, please take it off my hands. God. Oh, thank you. I love shrimp. It's my favorite food. <laughs> you have acquired shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Get equipped Imagine with just shrimp. Putting a whole like glass that they do shrimp cocktails in with the sauce and all into your jacket. Yes. <laughs> I gotta have the sauce. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can uh, you can poison your uh pies with the shrimp cocktail. <laughs> Yeah, I I will do that. Um, I'm going to, <laughs> I, I'm going to head over back over to the kids and uh, gonna say I just got an update from Doctor Y, so he told me that it'd be even funnier because that this whole thing is taking place in a nature museum is to make this gag a little more themed. So I've got these shrimp, and uh, I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put these like in the middle of the pie. Uh, so th- so that way like. When you throw it, like, it'll look like just normal cream pie, but then when the cream slides off, there'll be just shrimp stuck to his face. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, this sounds awesome. Thank you, sir. Now, let me ask you this, and if the answer's no, that's fine. Is there any, like, I feel like Dr. Y has got his head on a fucking swivel for any shellfish getting near him. Is there any role that needs to be made here to do this whole transaction without drawing attention? Oh, so you think he might see the shrimp cocktail from a distance and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think he sees anything pale and pink and he's like, now hold on a fucking second. What is that? Must suck when he looks in the mirror. <laughs> hey! <Damn. laughs> 
Sure, you know what, I think it, it would be pretty weird if someone saw a security guard giving shrimp cocktails and pies to some teenagers. Right, even if not uh, Dr. Y himself, surely the other actual security guards here might notice something a little funny going on. Yeah, I think uh, one of the other security guards comes up to you and says, uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just setting up for one of the events that's going to happen, you know, near the end of the recording. Give me a deceiver all. Okay. That's another seven. <laughs> and one of the events is shrimp cocktails and pies? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a natural it's natural history and like um, nature and science museum. So there's we you know the the cast and crew thought it'd be funny if uh, uh, and it'd be a great interaction for like one of the one of the only live performances uh, that Dr. Y has ever done uh, is, to, is to get the audience involved uh, and uh, just uh, throw, some, throw some pies on stage just to make it a little more lively and, and uh, do something funny. You know, you know how Dr. Y likes to, you know, liven up the show. Okay, maybe you're new here. Maybe no one told you this, but uh, Mr. Y does have a deathly allergy to all shellfish. So, uh, I, I don't know if he told you about this pies thing, but no, no shrimps. Oh, no shrimp, really? Yeah, deathly allergic. He was very clear about this. <laughs> <laughs> Just visibly sweating. I don't want to, I want to backseat play, but maybe this is the time to go <laughs> assassin other person. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> what's Earl Shipman up to in this moment? Uh, well... Hello, everybody. It's me, Crystal. I know you're excited for Ty to tell you what Earl Shipman's up to, because Ty's a very funny man and one of the best role players to ever live, but I have to interrupt the show for a bit to tell you about the Eidolon Playtest Patreon. If you want to support some of the greatest role-playing to ever happen, you can subscribe to us at patreon.com slash Playtest. There's quite a few extra things you can get for subscribing. For $1 a month, you can of course get every episode of Eidolon Playtest a week in advance, including all of the miniseries. Which means if you're listening to this episode on the free feed, you can hear the conclusion to this saga right now for just $1. For $3 a month, you get Luke's GM notes for every session. And since all of Eidolon Pop and Rock is finished, you can now see all of the AUs that might have been, all the ways that things might have gone in a different direction, and all the ways that Luke had things planned out in advance. In addition to that, at the $3 tier, you also get access to the Eidolon design sessions where Luke and Molly work on the game. Right now, they're working on Eidolon 2.0, which has a new tarot-based resolution system, and that's going to be the basis for not only Eidolon Season 3, but all of the several mini-series going forward after World of Assassination ends. Right now, they just released their episode on The Beast, which means they have officially at least done the beginning of the redesign for all of the classes that were in Eidolon 1.0 and made them work for Eidolon 2.0. It's an exciting time to give a behind-the-scenes look at how Eidolon is designed. And that's also going to be exciting going forward as we go through the miniseries because uh, the game is is coming in hot for the miniseries. It will certainly be play-tested and then it's going to be, I think it's going to be nice and ready for Season 3. In addition, at the $3 tier, you also get access to the special monthly podcast, Eidolon Playlist. 
which is the show where cast members of Ilan discuss uh, music that is used on the show. Right now, they're finishing up the last episode of their series on The Killers, which is not a band that I have a super strong opinion on, but the people on that show sure do. It's a lot of yelling at each other about which songs are the worst songs ever made or the best songs ever made. At $5 a month, you get access to the current draft of Eidolon Become Your Best Self. I say it's a draft, but it's actually like for real, for real done now. Zoe's done the editing pass on it. It still needs to do, have like a layout done for the printed book. But like the version you get access to that is digital is is completely 100% playable. It is, it is a finished game. You can run your own game of Eidolon. The $5 tier also gets you access to the soundtracks for Season 1, Season 2, and the first interlude R Stormy Present, all composed by Maxi. I think those soundtracks pretty good. Three pretty dang good soundtracks for only $5. In addition, all $5 backers get their names read out as a special thank you in the middle of the podcast. Just like this. Casey Cosmos. Jeffrey Hayes. John D. Dylan Chapin. August, Meridian, Monica Ullmansik, N.M., Pixel, Erica Maybe, Mary of Mars, Johan159, Alexander Moore, Trans Butch Joey, Hazel Miller, Gen Callahan, Monica Wurtenberger, Nancy Blank, M.W., Fair Majesty Empress Quintilian Galaxian, Keon Cohen, Kenning, Megan Anderson, Timothy Miller, and Cleo. Thank you all so much to all $5 subscribers. We really appreciate all the support. Because the Patreon has now hit over $8.50 a month, that means Zoe is contractually obligated to release a special four-episode campaign, GM'd by her, titled Eidolon Pasta. It's pasta-themed, and I think it's some sort of cooking competition? I think that sounds pretty interesting, and that will be available on the grab bag, which is the $10 tier where we put all our extra special bonus content. Right now, some things you can get on there is the bi-monthly bonus podcast. Actually, I meant for you the PodMyCast, where Luke, Iris, and Ty uh, watch the new season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, with Zoe, who's never seen anything about JoJo before. And she gets to learn in real time just how bizarre her adventure actually is. In addition to actually I meant for you the pod my cast and Idol on Pasta, the grab bag also contains things like a blooper reel for the end of Pop Rock Season 2. You can expect more things like that in the future. And you'll also get access to all future soundtracks for Idol on. So all in all, quite a lot of extra perks you can get from being a Patreon subscriber. But of course, if you don't want to or you can't afford it, we'd still appreciate you spreading the word of the show. Telling your friends about it, giving a review on iTunes, it really does mean a lot to us when you do that. And it's really heartening to see how much all of you support it already. Every time I see people talking about Eidolon, it really does make my day. Thank you, all of you. I've gone for long enough. Let's, uh, let's hear what Earl Shipman's up to. One Earl Shipman is in the NFT farm, uh, showing off the server banks. Is like, yeah, no, we've got these all over the, all over the rainforest now. Um, <laughs> and uh, another one, let's say, there's a student with long hair and a, and a all green suit, 
and a question mark belt buckle that is uh, at Dr. Y's performance. <laughs> There's just a regular student, just a regular student there enjoying the... God. Yeah, so part, part of the thing with your feature body double is that you can play both as your target and your target's body double, but none of us knows. Not even yep. me. You, you have to keep track of that one. I got that ripped up. So yes. one of these two people is the real Earl Shipman, but only you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I gotta say the one on the NFT kind of side is just giving his speech about, you know, uh, you know, too long acting was only for people. But what if we can get computers to act? Computers to act like currency. Computers to act like the future. <laughs> He's like saying some bullshit. It's like, and that's why if you get in at this level, blah, 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 blah. Uh, meanwhile, the other one is like in the audience for Mr. Y and is like doing bad acting. He's, he's like... <sighs> It's extremely like my fellow my fellow students. He's got like a skateboard under his arm and um, is like, oh, I love Doctor Y. I always watch him on TikTok, and he like looks around. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. He he, uh, he uploads to TikTok, I think. Yeah, I, I, he's trending where I'm from. <laughs> How do you do, fellow <laughs> teens? <laughs> I, I, I think how Nikolai is going to respond to this questioning is to uh, say, oh, I I apologize. I, I was not told about the allergy thing. Um, I'll make sure to, to leave the the shrimp off. Um, but we definitely wanted the pies. Okay, if you say the pies are okay, can you uh, hand me some of that shrimp then? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, he does hand the shrimp back. <laughs> I think... Uh... <laughs> Can I have uh, Dr. White notice this going on? Sure. Yeah, then he just goes, hey, what the fuck is that? What the fuck do you have in your hand? Pointing at the guy who just took the shrimp. Uh, the shrimp, sure, I was confiscating it so I can... Get the fuck out of here, you're fired! <sighs> okay. <laughs> Charlie Brown walks out the door with the shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of turns to wait, who the fuck are you? Oh, my. And then I think he realizes that there are children watching him. He goes, uh, who the fuck are you? I got nothing else. <laughs> uh, my name's Bob, sir. Um, I, I'm, I'm working security for this floor of the museum. So he does immediately see through. Your disguise is compromised to him. What? I don't remember seeing a Bob during the security briefing. What? Who are you? Okay. Um, if it's compromised, can I? Can I? There's like probably a big crowd of people here. Yeah. While he's thinking to himself, like that he he's searching his memory for whether he remembers me. Can I just like try and blend into the crowd to, to escape? Yeah, I think you could do that. I think that would count as a sneak roll. Okay. Because I'm trying to figure out how to do this without just immediately like getting screwed. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, that is that is a six. So I think you you try to like blend into the crowd and just slip away while he's thinking about this. But one of the other guards catches your shoulder and says, uh, "I think he was talking to you, buddy." I think uh, I think Nikolai just reverts to his uh, his uh, you know primal instincts and headbutts the security guard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> sure. Uh, give me a melee attack, 2d6. Oh my god, really? <laughs> oh no! I got, I got snake eyes. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Well, uh, does Does Doctor Y have a metal implant? Ah, <laughs> oh God. Do I want to use my save scum for this? This seems like a good place for it. I mean, I don't know what else is gonna happen. Yeah. I, well, I have two other targets. Um, That's true. Gonna, this is yeah. Early. I'm gonna try and use my save scum to re-roll that. Sure. Or you could choose to do something different. Okay. No, re-rolling it was the correct choice. Um. So. With the plus two, that gives me an eleven. Yeah, I think you uh, you headbutt this guard, instantly knocking him out. Uh, you have created an opportunity for you to escape, but what everybody knows that this disguise is no good. This disguise is now wanted. Throw the shrimp at him. <laughs> I also think, yeah, uh, Doctor Wise shouting and panicking and shoving his way past children to get to safety now. Okay. Uh... As I assume other guards are closing in on you. Gosh. If you want to if you want to follow the guard uh, that ran out with the shrimp, there's still shrimp on him. I bet you probably tossed it to the ground like d- in disgust as he left the museum. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll follow him cuz then maybe I can get a different disguise at least. Yeah, I think you run out towards the entrance and you can pick up the shrimp on the ground near the entrance if you'd like. Uh yeah, sure. There are still guards on alert for someone with your appearance wearing the guard outfit, but uh, you could run back to the garage if you wanted. You could run around the fence to the NFT city or anywhere around the grounds of the museum if you wanted to, like, sneak in somewhere. Okay. Um, let me think. Uh, gosh. <laughs> uh, while you think about that, we can cut to uh, Francis, who I think has probably made it to his appointment. Uh, yeah, Crystal, do you want to take care of the interviewer from here? Sure. God, I don't know how they can fucking get away with charging thirty dollars for some nachos. They're not even—they're not even good. I swear to God, somebody has somebody at this place needs to invest in real food or. Okay, okay. Uh, and he is going to pull up a chair. I am imagining that. Uh... Uh, his contact here is just looking kind of baffled at the fact that the security guard never came back. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, all right. Uh, Mr. Dawson. Yep, that's me. It's me, Arthur Ferguson. Yeah, I, I know, Arthur. Come on, listen, can we just cut the chase? What do I, what do I need to do to get it drop this? Well, I was mostly hoping to hear your side of the story. Maybe if you offered your perspective, this wouldn't look as bad as it does from my end. Yeah, sure, sure. I can I can do that. No problem. Ask away. Well, it seems that you've just been completely falsifying evidence here. Uh... This data is... I, I have received a, a research journal, and the data in that does not match anything in your published papers. Now, listen, I think I think the beautiful thing about science is the process of peer review. It is the ability for us to check each other's processes, point out issues with them, possible mistakes they would have made. Obviously, I would never knowingly falsify data, but frankly, I'm a little upset that uh, if somebody did have findings that aren't matching mine, that they didn't come to me directly, because going... 
listen, I'm, I don't want to accuse you of anything, but going to a third party like this in a way that's obviously going to create a lot of negative publicity, it just, it seems very petty, very backbitey, you know? So if you have no problem with peer review, you wouldn't have any problem with me sending this to the journal. Again, I'm just worried that the framing might give the impression that uh, there's more bad action going on than there really is. Obviously, I, I think all this is likely a misunderstanding or just a uh, mistake I've been making without realizing it. I don't want to kick up too much of a fuss. Frankly, I think it would be great if you could just let me know who raised these concerns. I could talk to them in person. I'm sure that uh, whichever one of us is right can just straighten the other out, you know? Well, it would be a breach of my ethics to reveal my sources. I'm sure you can understand. Mm, of course, of course. Uh, will that also be the case when the article's published? Uh, these sources have preferred to stay anonymous. Hey, alright, listen, that is... That's fine. They can, you know, make whatever decisions they want to. Uh, obviously, there's only so much I can do about it. I, for one, am confident in saying that I believe in my results. I'm not going to say that I can guarantee they're correct, but I believe in my process. I believe in my results. I believe in the fine people working with me and helping with this project. And uh, I, belie I believe in science. And I don't know what these other people believe in. I don't know what... Uh, what kind of Christian university they're coming from or what, but, uh, you know. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to make the world a better place and further our understanding of the natural world. Well, okay. If that's the statement you agree to have on record, then I think our business is concluded here. All right, uh, you have a wonderful day, Mr. Ferguson. You as well, Mr. Dawson. Uh, he does not shake this guy's hand, he just leaves. And he is munching these nachos as he does it. Wasting my goddamn time. I think Mr. Ferguson uh, just gets up and prepares to leave the museum to go publish the story. Uh, alright. Meanwhile, I think Nikolai does try and sneak over to the NFT area. Yeah, you can- there's a fence around it, but, uh, construction on this place, not too tough. Wouldn't be too hard to, uh, pull back a few planks and slide underneath. Okay. Um... Who, who all, like, is is here besides, like, the, the normal tourists? Like, does, does he, uh, does Earl Shipman have any, like, um, like, does he have, like, an entourage, or? Yeah, I'm gonna say there's, like, like, a dozen dudes that are just, like, just kind of hanging out on phones and, like, there's one that's like got uh, one of the shipman shippies on his shirt. Uh, all, basically, all of them have their NFT, which are like themed ships on their shirts. They all look shitty and the same. Are they selling like these shippy shirts anywhere? Yes. Are there any like, uh, do you think some of the guests have like un unattended uh, like gift bags? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Okay. Um I'm gonna try and find like a, a someone who's distracted, like maybe they left their bag on the ground to like go to the bathroom or something, and uh I'm gonna try and take it for my uh take it for myself to to get change in, in one of the bathroom stalls. Sure, you have now uh changed your disguise as one of the NFT costumes. We are going to take this to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so um er earl uh ty you mentioned like uh shoddy construction so like aside from 
you know, the normal like booths and, and stuff like what was constructed for this particular area? This is this is not just like uh, showing off all the benefits of it. It's actually on top of a bunch of hot servers <laughs> that are like <laughs> farming right as we speak, uh, and they're trying to they're trying a new thing where they if they could somehow siphon energy from the people doing this to keep it going. It's all very <laughs> experimental. Uh, also, the cooling device is weird. It seems like. Someone is just, like, running every hour to put, like, more water into this thing. It seems very poorly made. So it sounds like if I were to maybe disrupt something in these computers, like, maybe they don't get enough water cooling um, that they need, perhaps the whole stage would would, would erupt in fire, and uh, that, would, that would maybe be bad for Earl. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. <laughs> So, like, clear, clearly the the coolant for these computers has to be stored somewhere. Ty, you mentioned that, like, there was someone coming to, like, re- refill the coolant every so often. Um, I, I'm going to try and follow them back, uh, like, follow them, follow them to wherever, like, they, they get the coolant from. Like, are, what are the security hurdles that, I'll, that I'm going to encounter, if any. I'm going to say security is, like, just the museum security. I think there's, like, maybe two bigger dudes to the left and right of Shipman. Uh, but otherwise, he's not really concerned about the construction. So, like, two people are in charge of this. One person is, like, making sure it doesn't catch fire while the other person is getting the fluids, and that's, like, it. <laughs> okay. So, um... Where is this person getting the the coolant from? Uh, let's say I don't know, I don't know the map, but let's say uh, there's like a janitor closet or something like that. There's a janitor closet, and they're like getting a bucket of water and then like pouring some stuff in there, like antifreeze. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting alternative. <laughs> so th- there probably wouldn't be any. There even be guards around the janitor's closet. That's where they're getting it from. It doesn't sound like uh, Earl has really invested in security too much. Okay. So what I'm gonna do is because I don't I don't want to really cause more violence. I, I think, or at least n- not more violence than I need to, because I'm already kind of on thin ice. Um, what I'm gonna do is I, I'm gonna like sneak into the janitor's closet after, like, pretty much immediately after they've left to go refill it, um, and I'm going to try and just like basically spill all the coolant onto the floor, so that way it's just not available. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think if you're alone in here, you can just do that. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm just gonna uh, spill all the coolant onto the floor and uh, uh, quickly leave. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you have uh, set up an accident for the stage to catch fire from the heat of the mining rigs. Yeah, exactly. A suitably <laughs> ironic death. <laughs> yeah. um, Earl, do you, do you have like a speech to give on this stage? Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's like, you know, a little bit of the earlier, the power of the acting. Now we can make now. What is computing but making computer dreams? What are we doing but making dreams reality? Sure, everyone can't own a yacht, but you can own a picture of a yacht, which is like owning a yacht, basically. Don't you all want to own a yacht? Come on. (laughs) Do we have some winners out here? Some grinders out here? Come on. (laughs) He's just like, 
I think as the speech is happening, uh, Nikolai raises his hand and says, I like the idea of this, but are you not concerned about a possible effects to the climate of the world that would contribute to a global warming? Global warming? We got cooling for that. It's like, listen, we don't need to worry about global warming. Everything's gonna be in cyberspace in the future, man. Don't even worry about it. Get your get your digital digital stakeholder space in the the NFT space before everything goes to shit. Cause the planet's going to shit anyway. Might as well transfer over. Get your virtual yacht before everybody else. Nikolai, as you stand in the crowd, you can hear uh, the person going into the janitor's closet yelling, "Who spilled all the fucking antifreeze?" <laughs> And uh, give me an assassinate roll. Sure. Let's see here. Oh, dang. Uh, so that's that's a nine on the die. Yeah, we're, we're going to tally up all the conditions for this. Yeah. So I don't think this target is aware that there is an assassin yet, right? True. Okay. True. Yes, correct. Um, the target can technically see me, but he doesn't know that I am me. So I don't think I mark that, do I? Um, yeah, I would say if they, if they don't see you doing something suspicious, then yeah, that doesn't really count. You're holding triangle to blend in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone besides the target who wants them to live can see you. No. Uh, someone who wants the target to live can see them. Does anyone want the target to live? <laughs> <laughs> how do uh, Earl's groupies feel about him? Oh, how... I... Is there even one person in this audience who would who would take a bullet for Earl? I I don't know how I, I don't know how really Wonka we want to be for these deaths, but I would really say like, you know, ours go up if his go off market. If his NFTs go off market, <laughs> then ours become more valuable. <laughs> so actually, no, I think all of them are like, well, I'm already kind of invested, and in like, I get a controlling share if he goes under. Okay. So, no for that. Uh, your attempt would put you in direct danger. No. You are currently under attack. No, I escaped that. Uh, then plus one, the, tar- the target is alone. No. The target is distracted, and he is distracted by his speech. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Yeah, sure. The target is basking in a moment of triumph. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, target believes the assassin is dead. No. Your attempt would look like an accident. Yes. You make the attempt when you're nowhere near the target. No. Uh, you say a morbidly ironic line shortly before making the attempt. Yes. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you have uh, succeeded this role. I think people can see the, like, lower parts of the stage start to... Uh, starts to see the wood and metal bend and warp as it catches fire. And nobody warns you, Earl. Nobody tells you to get off the stage. Nobody runs up and pushes you off. You just give this speech as the uh, fire rises up and envelops you in flames. And it does create a panic in the crowd as everyone runs out of the NFT city. But you have uh, one of you, either you or your body double, I don't know who, has uh, burned to death on the stage from the heat of your crypto mining servers. Yeah, so I guess do I do I not find out until I kill the other two targets? I, I think you have to inspect the corpse. To oh, tell. They, one of them has what a tattoo. What if there is no corpse? <laughs> 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 
or, or, I mean, not much of a corpse, I should say. Yeah. I mean, you could make a move to quote-unquote dramatically rescue him from the stage as a pretense to inspect his body. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, you're you're the groupie that cares, and you want to see if he's okay. <laughs> that's true, yeah. You're, you know, you're the, uh, you're just a, a upstanding citizen trying to do your duty to your fellow man. Yeah, that's, that, that's a very good point. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and quote-unquote rescue him when it's already, when I know it's already too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna reveal, I'm just gonna straight up say, like, when you, the heat from it burns off the prosthetic nose, burns off his fake hair. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> the other one in the jester costume at Mr. Y's performance is like, oh, why are those, queen, are those my cream pies? <laughs> Uh, Nikolai, it seems that you have assassinated, uh, Earl's body double, but the real target is still at large. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, all right. Also, this might be, listen, if we're playing Hitman rules, uh, maybe this is thinking too much about it. Are we at a point now where the fire department is being called? <laughs> sure, I think someone's probably called the fire department to check out this area. There's also, like... There was a man that dressed up and headbutted a security guard. Yeah, I was going to say also probably cops have been called both because of that and because uh, Dr. Y is now yelling at his guards to sweep the museum guns drawn and it is causing much more of a scene than the hitman did. <laughs> yeah, so I th okay. definitely the place is on higher alert than it was when you first came in. <laughs> All right. Although, I, can I add one thing uh, for this? I don't know if this is to maybe to speed things along. I do want to say the, the actual shipment comes back and seeing the fire is like, his mind goes back to that acting position. <laughs> and the fires as he was leaving that country that he had invaded. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> you feel as if an angel's death has come to uh, enact justice, and maybe you deserve it. Playtest is produced by Audio Entropy. You can find us at audioentropy.com as well as patreon.com slash Playtest. You can follow us on Twitter at Playtest. You can follow Ty at Sirius Tiberius, Maxi at Max Knightley, Luke at SSJ Speed Racer, Iris at Stilts the GM, and Crystal at Arcane Crystal. World of Assassination will be back next week on March 21st for Patreon subscribers and March 28th for everyone else. See you then!